Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. I'm here to talk about 5784, and there's been a lot of words released. Matt and Donna have, you know, released some things. Thank you, Matt and Donna, for the words you released, 5784, and I know Stephanie will be next week, and I believe Mr. Brent was going to be the following week, so on some things for preaching, so I'm excited. He's looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so what I'm talking about is what God has spoke to me about, um, because I think one of the things that he's shown me is we're each unique and individual. So what he maybe gave me, he gave something different to somebody else. So I just want to encourage you all with that. So this is just how he spoke to me. Um, so just know that he speaks to each of us in different ways, as we all know that. Um, no one way is better than the other. That's why we, we have what's called a fivefold. Um, so we're here to talk about five, seven, eight, four. So we are in the decade of pay, which is on the right, pay slash fay. Um, so we're still in that decade. We're in the decade of the 80s. And then Dalet is the number four, which is what we're entering, we just entered into. Um, there's a lot to this. I just want to encourage you to um, do a study if you ever get a chance to, because I think there's a lot that, you know, he can show us. Um, for instance, he showed me, as you can see, we are in the decade of the mouth still. And I don't feel like that's an accident. So what's key is speaking is going to be important regardless of what year it is. But in the And I'm talking about the decade of the pay. It's going to be really important over the next. This started in eight. So this was four years ago um, when we entered in the decade of the pay, which was 2019. And I don't think it's an accident then, what was it, um, six months later, COVID hit. And the enemy didn't want us to have our didn't want us to speak, so he wanted us to keep our mouths covered, but we didn't have any of that. You know, we stayed open. We stayed, we stayed as a church. We felt like we were an essential service. We weren't going to be shut up, and, you know, that's, that's just what we did, and thank you, Stephanie, for your leadership on that, and I think that's important that we continue to do that regardless, and people have to use wisdom. If they're sick, please, we don't want you to be sick and coming in here. However, um, use wisdom about traveling. I know my, my father and his wife were sick recently, and it was the flu, but his wife had been over in Canada traveling, and, you know, they say the COVID's rising up again, and people are starting to wear a mask, and I'm, I'm not here to talk about that today. I'm just here to know that God protects, God heals, but we all have to follow peace about what's best for us. So I just want to say that. Um, so I, I wanted just to highlight the whole, we're still in the decade of the pay. But with Delet being the number four, we're, so we've crossed that threshold now. And, and I'm going to show more about the Delet because that is like a doorway. Um, that is a doorway open as you look at that. 
Um, so one of the things I want to talk about is promises. Um, there are promises God has been speaking to each of us about. Um, I want to have you think about this. What promises are you holding on to as you enter into 5784? Um, God prom God's promises he has given you are part of the door you'll be going through for 5784. And some of you, okay, I've had a couple doors, and I know some of them I am not supposed to go through because they were not of God. So I want to encourage you um, to think about, and well, number one, pray about those doors. Are they God's promises or are they promises from man? Are they promises of what you've always wanted, you feel like you deserved, you know, in your lifetime? Are they from God or are they the world's promises? And I guess I want to, sh I'll share a story about myself on how I thought I was deserving of things because there was things I didn't get growing up. So I thought, well, I deserve all of this. You know, I did this, I did this, and I had this job, I can do this, and I deserve all of this. But it's like, and then I realized that that wasn't what God wanted. And a lot of it was what I should be giving out to people, not hoarding for myself. Um, if you'll recall, when the, um, when the Israelites were wandering in the desert, um, God provided manna for them. And they didn't listen to him. And I don't have the scripture up there, but I've, I didn't put this in. And I just feel like I'm supposed to just remind us that they only were told to gather enough for one day. And they wound up, some of them didn't believe. They wound up gathering more than that to store up and that wound up rotting, basically. So I want to encourage you, what treasure are you storing up? Is it for yourself or is it for man? Or is it for the kingdom? For like people that we've seen today coming in here today, our visitors today, that needed a word, they needed prayer, maybe they needed some food. Um, but because it isn't about us. And for me, there was a time in my life that I thought it was. I'm just going to be honest. You know, I we didn't have a lot when I grew up as a child. And you know, my mom made a lot of my clothes. We had a garden. This was before my dad got a promotion. My mom stayed at home. So we didn't have a lot. But we had more probably than the people down the street. But I didn't even realize it. We just, I was happy. I had paper dolls. Okay, who, some of y'all don't remember paper dolls. Maybe you might, Stephanie. I don't know. But paper dolls were like, because I didn't even have a real doll. Um, so, and then I finally got my first one. And, you know, so, so know that, there were times, and I love my parents. They did the best they could. One of my um, grandparents was about material things, and the other set wasn't because it wasn't about what you did and got. It was about what you gave out. And I think one of the things I realized with my retirement coming from the state is how much God blessed me with a grandfather, even though I didn't really know him after, when I started at the state. He actually gave some really good wisdom and I found things out later that I discovered what he did for people in the community that a lot of people didn't know about. Um, so know that many times we may are to do things not telling people that maybe support somebody or help somebody or um, just to give to something because it's just the right thing to do. God highlights that. So I want to encourage you to think, you know, as you're entering into Five, seven, eight, four. What promises has God laid on your heart? You know, what are you praying about? And are they are they truly God's promises? So, following God's promise, I kind of a nail, and my analogy was like a race. 
um, the race we lead in 5784 is one where we will choose which door to go through, which promises are we to go are we going to follow? Whose door will you go through? What promises are you going to follow? The one God has chosen for you or the one the world um, says you should follow or the, or the one of the world you are following through? Sorry, I think I left a word out there. Um, many times, and Stephanie, maybe you can relate, you know, you're on a relay team. Races can only have one winner. And how we run a race as we enter in 5784 will set the tone for what will be ahead. It's important to remember as God's children, he provides for us, but when we take matters into our own hands and try to take shortcuts, it can disqualify us for the race. Don't take shortcuts for 5784. I can't, I can't be emphasize this. We can't take shortcuts. You can, but you're gonna miss number one, the blessing. You're gonna miss an opportunity God wants you to learn and you could be disqualified. And I say that in all seriousness, this isn't a time to, to do things, to think you can do this or do that. It's, it's, a, it's a serious time. There will be some who will run the race and try and take shortcuts, and they will be disqualified. So I want to encourage you. You're, we may be seeing some of that um, somewhere, I don't know, out in, in the community somewhere, maybe people you know, but it's important we need to pray for them. You know, uh, because we all are responsible. It's between each of us and God about the choices we make. But I can't say this enough about um, the importance of running your race, why it's so important. Um, just like what it talks about in 1 Corinthians 4, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Do not know, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it, meaning us believers, to get a crown that will last forever. So, and that's why we can't take shortcuts. And that's my words, that's not in the word. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. That means you're focused. You're not wandering around looking down. You're not as a track person. And I don't know how these runners do this. I would be all over those lanes. I would probably want to trip over. You know, I wouldn't trip over. But when you go into somebody else's lane, I think you get disqualified. Because I've seen that happen. I watch track meets sometimes and see that. Um, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, meaning us. So this is important, this is a key. We are not like, we don't not fight like a boxer beating the air. I mean, like there's nothing there. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. That means we need to take care of our business, take care of our bodies, and take care of ourselves. Um, we can't be preaching one thing and going out and doing something else on the town. And I'm not going to lecture people about choices. You know if something's what God wants best for you or not, because we're all believers in here. But I know some people on that, maybe on the podcast, don't. So just know that somebody can see you out at the bar that maybe doesn't, um, they're not saved, they don't understand, they don't, they're not able to 
um, maybe walk the walk like you do, and they see you out doing something you shouldn't at the bar, and they think all Christians are like that. That's not being a good witness. I'm thinking of the girls at the jail when we would minister to see them, and, and um, there, were, there were things that they couldn't go to those places because uh, it just wasn't healthy for them. So it's important that to particularly to be a good witness, and as leaders, we're held to a higher standard. And I'm going to say I've made mistakes. I'm not going to say I'm perfect, but know that we are held to a higher standard, and we can't be out there aimlessly wandering around as we talk about sometimes, and we need to have our head on a swivel. I'm telling you, lately, I've seen some things, and I'm driving along and minding my own business, and God said, just slow down, take your time, People driving fast by me, then you see an accident, people are in a hurry, people are upset, they're angry, there are all sorts of things happening, and and I just pray because it just seems like there's so much stuff up in the air, and it's a spiritual battle, we, we know that, um, so we need, to, we need to run our race with a purpose, if I can just say that, we need to be purposeful. Um, don't be aimless about things. Don't do things half, I won't say the word, but half something or other, halfway. Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> Ooh. Don't do things halfway. We, if we're going to do something, we're going to do it all the way. We're going to do it the best. Um, it's really important. But I underlined that last part. Um, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. It's really important about knowing that and you will see, I, I just, I sense in my spirit, we will see people disqualified. We will see people stumble, but people can be restored. But know that we should not make judgment on them because of the mistakes they make. Um, so just to, you know, be encouraged. So with promises, I was reminded of Abraham's promise. And I totally forgot he was 99 years old when he got this promise. So he was, God was speaking to Abraham, and this is where he um, changed his name. So as for me, this is my covenant with you. This is God talking to Abraham. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession of you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Okay, think about this. Okay, number one, I didn't realize he was 99. Second of all, what would you think if God said, I'm changing your name to this, and you're going to, all your people, and I'm like, whoa. I think I'd be a little like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> but he believed, and he did. He was the person who left the promised land and went. He didn't know where he was going. So God promised, there was a promise God made to him, and he did. He, the 12 tribes all come from Abraham. And then him and Sarah, they had a child. But that's another story. Um, so know God's promises. I want you to think about, so, you know, for five, seven, eight, for those promises you've been standing on, revisit your journal, look at those, especially as we've gone into five, seven, eight, five, seven, eight, four, that you're crossing over that threshold for that promise. And I know there's a lot of words about warring over that. And I chose to look at it differently. 
because I feel like I've been in a war my whole life. I'm going to be transparent. I feel like I've literally been in a war my whole life. And um, I'm tired of it. Not tired, but I'm tired of it. I'm tired of speaking that. And that doesn't mean I'm not aware of it, but it's, somebody said, is that the call, I guess? I feel like the prophetic call. Um, so I, I say, because I, th I really think our words really set the tone for 5784. The words we speak into our promise, the situation we're dealing with, just um, particularly I'm thinking about our building, the things that God's doing, and he's bringing stuff together. And, you know, and uh, I think now it's going to be 11 days at 5 o'clock. I'm going to be done with my job for the state of Michigan. And I'm trying to figure out, I'm asking God, well, Lord, I know you got something for me, and I'm still trying to figure it out. And I'm like, I'm okay with it. I'm not panicked. I'm just laughing. Actually, I'm excited. I'm excited for the next um, because I feel like it's not an accident. That's happening right at 5784. Um, so the next um, piece for 5784 I want to talk about, it's our giving of our treasures. Um, what treasure, and this is something to think about, what treasure are you giving? Is it costing you anything or is it easy to give of it? Sacrifice for giving just to give isn't what giving of our resources that God has given us is really all about. It really is to be a blessing to those in need without getting anything in return. And God blesses those who give. How we start the year out with our giving really will set the tone for the year ahead. And I want to encourage you, and this isn't necessarily always about finances. This could be about your time and talents, but finances do come into that. Um, and it could be a dollar, or maybe it's $10. And this isn't necessarily about Shekinah. This is wherever you give. But if Shekinah is your home church, we really would love to receive, you know, anything that you have to give us um, because it, it will be blessed from the receiving because of everything we've put into the building. And have thought about, you know, two years ago in November when we saw the, the first property we were looking at, and that didn't work out. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Lord, it's been. I'm thinking, Lord, that was that property that was on Waverly. Um, and then we looked at Myos, thinking about that. Because I've prayed through all these things. And I'm thinking, Lord, I know you're showing us stuff. But we're getting this done. And thank you to the demo team. We're so excited for the work that you do. Um, but know that um, giving of our treasures is something, I, I mean, I think of the widow the widows might, you know, two pennies, um, two pennies. But that was all literally she had. It's not about the amount, and it's between you and the Lord. It really is. Um, and I know for me, I, I, that this will be new for me, not getting a paycheck every other week. This will be the first time in 27 years, actually, so before that. So no, since college, since Michigan State. Okay, I'm not going to tell you, but I graduated in 1986. So, <laughs> my undergraduate, my undergraduate, well, I take that back, and then my master's in 94, but, but I've been doing, I mean, okay, I've been working a long time, and that's why I'm making my transition, because, so I can look at some other things that God's been, you know, speaking to me about, and that I can do to move, you know, do whatever it is God wants to do with, with Shekinah, and support Shekinah in ways of giving in different ways, too, but continue giving financially, but maybe physically in other ways too, and 
you know, just different things. And um, I just want to encourage you. We we're so thankful for everybody that gives of their time and talents to the church. But um, so I want to share uh, uh, some some scripture here. Then I know many of you maybe recognize this. Um, this is um, when Jesus was speaking with a rich young ruler in Mark ten, twenty one to twenty two. So Jesus had talked to him, and I'm gonna actually I'm gonna read just a few. Um, I read a little bit earlier from Mark, so we're gonna read start Mark ten. Let me pull that up quick because I didn't have the whole scripture in here because it wasn't gonna fit. Um, ten. Um, okay, 10, we're talking, yeah, we're going to start at verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good. It's of God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not commit false testimony, do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, this is the rich young ruler said, he declared, all those I have kept since I was a boy. So he's kept the law. He's kept the law. Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have given, you sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in his present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. So, you know, it, it made me think, so the rich young ruler didn't really, was grieved by what Jesus said because he was rich. And I start to think, well, why was he grieved? Is it because he didn't want to give his possessions away? Because he valued them more than anything. And I think that that probably was taught. He was taught that growing up. Um, and I'm going to share, I actually learned some of that from my family. I can't, I, my um, mother's family was very well off. Um, and my grandmother hoarded, and I loved her, but it was because she wanted all this stuff, but it was like, but why do you need all this? It, I mean, why, why was that? And, and she was very well off. My grandfather took care of her, but at the end of the day, she was very unhappy. She was miserable, and, and she had a lot of trauma. I won't get into all that, but she, she did. Her father 
died unexpectedly and she had to raise her siblings and her mother had passed. So she had to grow up fast back in the day. This was way a long time ago, but I didn't understand some of this. And some of that actually got passed on to my mother. And so I, I, I love my mom, but there's some of that generational stuff I had to cut off because it's just stuff. I mean, and I've given a lot of stuff away, and I'm not saying this is what everybody has to do, but I'm gonna just, um, I just wanna um, encourage you that um, you, how do I wanna say this? Um, because for me, I would give everything if I could have had love as a child growing up. I'm not going to say that I didn't have it. I was given things, but not what I needed the most. Because some people were too involved in their careers, their work, and different functions, and doing this and doing that. But at the end of the day, um, I would, would have traded anything in the world, um, you know, the, the things. And I think what I realize now is, you know, there was a time when I was on the run, literally. I didn't have anything except the bags, the clothes in my backpack. And um, there was some trauma related to that. And um, I've worked through some of that, but know that, and it's stuff. I mean, I think at the end of the day, God gives us things and he can take it away. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. So I just, I wanna encourage you, if you feel like you can't give some things up, there's a hold there. I want to encourage you, what is the, what is the foothold on you that, like family things, and, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't have family heirlooms, but it, it, I, I just know that if it can get between you and God, then something needs to go, and it, won't, it shouldn't be God. That's a choice only you can make. <laughs> just saying, you know, um, well, it shouldn't be, but I mean, we have to choose, but um, but the whole thing about stuff, and I used to, and I just, I, I'm so thankful. I, I look at the people my age that have the, a house or an apartment, then they go up north, they have a house up north, a house out west. I'm thinking, I just want one home, and I'm okay with it. I don't need all the stuff, because I, I, I think what, what I want to challenge, I'm challenged with now is when I was younger, there was a part of me missing something, and, it, and I know it was Jesus at the time, but I didn't understand it. I, I had roommates in college that were from very wealthy families in Oakland County, really wealthy. I mean, like, really, GM execs. Um, and that was actually right when the plants were closing, too, when the plants in the 80s. One of my roommates was from Flint, and I had some other roommates that were from Oakland County, um, but they were very well off. And then some of the, my other roommates weren't. And it was just interesting watching some dynamics and you learn about what you don't know, living with people you don't know. So I'm talking about when I lived in Case Hall, which was very interesting. Um, but um, just to, I wanna encourage you with, you know, for we're gonna go into Matthew, but talking about our treasures. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So thinking about that rich young ruler, 
you know, he was grieved because he had a lot of property, and based on his reaction, it sounded like he didn't want to give it up. And, and I think about what happened to him. You know, did he finally give things up? Did he, what happened? And, and you know, I don't remember reading anything more in the Bible about him, but I want to ask this question. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your treasure at? What do you treasure in your heart? Is it that red sports car? And I used to have a sports car, I'm saying. I had my first sports car when I was, okay, 1988. That would have been 20, it's 25. I had a red Firebird. And yes, it was a police magnet. I got stopped a few times because they do. They draw just because it looks like you're going fast. And, um, and I also would drive on MLK to eat Rapids and back where my mom lived. And that was a traffic area. I understood there was a lot of drugs and stuff. And I got the state police pulled me over. And I was probably doing something I shouldn't have been. And I put something under the seat so they didn't see it. And I'm thinking, and I spilled something that I was not supposed to have probably, an adult beverage. And was just doing something that I shouldn't have been doing. I was doing something aimlessly, as I talked about earlier. I was just not being responsible. And so here comes one state trooper on one side, one on the other. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they surrounded my car. What did I do? Well, apparently they were looking for another car that looked like mine. And I had a personalized license plate. So it was attention. And I have red hair. So that was the attention. And I just thought, okay, sorry, officer, and they let me go. I didn't even get, I just got a warning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there definitely was favor on that because um, I probably should have been getting a ticket for that one, but I didn't. I was very fortunate. Um, but I say all that to say that I did that car, and then I had it two months, and I wrecked it. I was in a wreck. Yeah, it was never the same after that. So, um so yeah, I put a lot of mine in material things. That was my, th well, when you're in your 20s, you know, sometimes that's important. I wasn't walking in the, with the Lord. I wasn't saved. And um, just, there were just things. It was, but it, again, it was about material things. And um, I just had people in my family that kept telling me, you deserve this, you should have this. And I'm thinking, what? You know, it's in the past and, these people have passed away, but I just thought, is that really what I'm supposed to? But it was what they, they really wanted, and they were jealous. And um, so, so I say all that to say that um, your treasures and your giving, just I want to encourage you to set the tone in 5784 about your giving and where you hold your treasure at, and not to hold it too tightly, you know, um, because money can go away, the stock market can do bad, as we all see. Um, so I just want to encourage you that um, God's a provider and a protector. Um, I know some people in my family think I'm nuts leaving my job right now, but I'm just, I know I'm supposed to, because I know there's something else he's going to do, and I know there's something else I'm supposed to do. Um, so... So we've talked about the promises for 5784. What are those promises God's been speaking to you about? Um, pray about those as you enter in. And the second is your giving for 5784. And again, I want to emphasize this just isn't for Shekinah. This is your giving for other things. So I just, this, 
isn't about me up here asking for money for the church. Or I will receive. We got our offering that we actually didn't pray pray for it today. In Jesus' name, we pray for the offering. Um, in Jesus' name. So just so there are two things. And so the third area I want to talk about is going to be really delet. What that number four actually really means. Um, what I found in my study. The letter delet is the fourth letter of the alphabet, having the numeric value of four. The picture graph, and you'll see that, looks like a closed hanging tent door, whereas the classical Hebrew script is constructed of two lines and a corner point or overhang called an ear. The bent shape of the delet symbolizes a needy person who is bent over. The word delet comes from dela, which means to draw out or um or this, which means to draw out or impoverish. And the word delut means poor or impoverished. Delut's ear is said to be listening for the gemelt chesedim of the approaching gemel. Gemel is the number three, and that was walking. That was, the, that was last year. That was you were walking towards something. So the delut is said to be listening for the gemelet. I can't pronounce these words right, of the approaching gemel. So this, here's an analogy I want to show you. Look at that. So the delet is in the red, and it represents um, loneliness and the consciousness of possessing nothing of one's own. As a door, delet also represents the choice to open ourselves to the hope of our dreams or to remain closed off and alienated. The corner point represents the concept of batul or spiritual self-nullification. Practice of Batul leads to humility, the doorway to God's house, which is attained by the technique known as divakut, cleaving, or clinging to God. Um, so you can see the delet is in red, and you can see how it's the corner point of the, um, of the doorway. I think the thing about humility really struck me, and that's really what I want to make for the third point for 5784. Um, going through your door will mean you will need to bend low in humility. There will be things that you will need to remove. And this was interesting as I studied 5784 in Strong's Hebrew Concordance means chaff. Is that right, Stephanie? Not chaff. Chaff. Chaff is the husk surrounding a seed, the part of the grain that is generally thrown away. In cereal crops like rice, barley, oats, and wheat, the seed, the part of the plant we eat is surrounded by a husk. In the midst of your metamorphosis, God positions us for this change. He equips those he calls. Are you willing and open to the work God wants to do as you move into 5784 with humility? Are there areas that need to change? What chaff needs to be removed? Now this, um, I love this verse. In Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. I mean, this kind of hits on really what, what's happening for 5784. Are you listening to God as you're moving through your door? What is he telling you? Um, remembering, literally, when I first was understanding the prophetic, I would literally hear, somebody knocking at my door. Okay, you guys, I'd be dead asleep. Or I would be sitting there studying, or I'd hear something knocking on the wall. I'm like, oh my gosh, what, 
So, and then I was dreaming too at the same time, which this is when I had gotten to know Stephanie and I would share things and I'm thinking, Lord, she's going to think I'm crazy. I literally heard somebody knocking. Like I literally would get up out of bed and check my door, but it was God. Um, I would be sitting quietly and hear that knock. At the time, I didn't understand that, but later I came to realize he was trying to get my attention about a specific situation. And he wants us to go up higher. He hears that knock. Are you hearing that knock? He's getting your attention for something. So, and I, I laugh because I would get up in the middle of the night and literally, okay, I think of the, who is the little boy, the, the child that was the prophet? And he kept hearing the voice, Samuel. Thank you, Stephanie. He would um, hear, and he would get up and go to the old Eli. Was that his name? Yeah. And he would say, Eli, what did you need? Because he heard somebody calling him. And, um, and I thought about that, but I literally would hear the knock. And I love the picture because it's like those little knocker things. Um, because I think for 5784, God is going to take us higher in the spirit, but we need to be ready, which means sometimes we're not positioned in the right place to hear. So, and I'm, I'm, and I'll just speak for myself, you know, the healing he's taken me through, particularly I had, I identified with that, the chafe, you know, getting the chafe off, um, because that's part of the healing for me. There are things that he's doing on the inside so I can be ready for what's next, but I want to be in the position to be able to move forward and not just kind of step back because this is a new season I'm moving into, but he is going to take us higher literally, and, and you, you, you don't have to. I mean, we're all free to choose. I know there have been times where I've stood back, and I'm like, I can't do that right now. I, can't, I don't have the capacity, or I can't do this, and I can't. I just, I'm remembering Israel and some of the stuff we do. <laughs> some of the stuff, and I'm just thinking, Lord, we're in this territory, and we're in Israel, and I just think, Lord, I just want to make it home. And I just think, and we're off doing these, whatever, the assignments. And it was exactly five years ago, thinking about that, exactly to this day. I, you know, we were there right at this time five years ago. We were doing the Vav and the, the Zion's Gate. Um, and, and, we, and Musad was <laughs> following us. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anywho, that's another story. But um, no, that's a whole Oh, I forgot. Sorry. We don't want to put that on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, right? I know. Sorry there. Um, thank you. <laughs> Sir, just forget I said that. Yeah, knocking at the door. Hello, McFly. Hello. No. Um, anyway, as enough said, I can, I can tell stories, but, um, but he is getting our attention. When, he, when you hear that knock, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. So he wants to eat with us. He wants to dine with us. Um, but are we ready for that? Is it time? Are you ready? And I have to say there were times I was afraid. I'm like, well, what's next, Lord? Because I don't know about this. But, you know, anything's possible with God. Um, so... Um, so just know that I think he is going to be doing a, um, uh, he is going to be taking us higher to that next level. Um, but, you know, I don't think everything is going to be easy on 5784, if I can be honest. I think there's more things that are going to be coming. 
and I'm not saying that to worry people, to make people scared, but I think um, there's just going to be some serious things happening, and we need to be on a swivel, our heads. No matter what, though, in Psalm 145, 14, the Lord supports all who fall, and he raises up all who are bowed down. And that part is so important. He raises up all who are bowed down, those who are in, that's about humility. Sometimes we do fall, we make mistakes. I've made my share. Um, so know that he will take you to that next level if you're willing. Know that he loves you, he cares about you. Don't turn away from, from the things that he points out maybe that you need to, to deal with. Um, face them, work through them. I mean, that's what I'm doing, if I can just say. Um, I'm doing, doing all that process. And it's not easy. I'm not going to say I like it. Sometimes I, I really dislike it, as Stephanie knows. But um, it's okay. It's all good. Um, but the important is to face it. And the way out is through. Um, but, um, you know, I, I could have put all these prophetic words by other people that there's a lot of words, and I guess I'm not, I, I did this different this year because I truly, this is truly what I heard from my heart, from the Lord, for, and I know it was what he shared with me. Um, again, this may be different for, from other people, but I just thought these were the, you know, keys, but no matter what, he will support all who fall, and he raises up all who are bowed down. Um, and we do, and and if you stumble, get back up. It's if we, it's when we stay down, and we get on a pity pot. Okay, I've been there. Oh poor me, woe is me. I'm gonna do this. What am I gonna do? And I'm thinking, you know, I. He's he's gonna be there, but we could just feel sorry for ourselves all day, um, you know the. As long as it took for our church building, I want it to be done, and I'm impatient. I admit it, and Stephanie hears it, and I'm just like, no, Lord, I know it's all in your timing. He's telling me it's going to be okay. It's like we need to, we're so thankful for the maxis and letting us stay here, and we're so thankful, and we want to bless them when we get ready to leave, and we're just so thankful. And, and I know with, and many of you, I don't know if some of you know, you know, Pastor Maxi works for General Motors, and with the strikes, we want to hold the people up, I know Shaquille and, and Pastor Maxie both work at GM, so we want to make sure that we, we pray for them and their colleagues because it affects a lot of people. And I'm, I'm not going to talk about strike. That's, but it affects people whether you're involved in it or not, um, like restaurants and things like that, businesses. and um, So we just need to be holding people up about that. And I was, you know, and the government shutdown didn't happen, so I actually was glad about that personally. Um, but then I'm, I'm not going to be there in two weeks, so that'll be after I'm done. Um, so, so just be encouraged, though, with, you know, if any of this resonated with you, I want to encourage you. There's a couple more slides I want to, uh, let's, t you know, look at here quick. So the decade of the mouth, pay, we have entered the doorway of the fourth year of the decade to let. What door are you moving through? Are there various doors for you to move through? Are they all of God or man? So I, I just wanna, want us to, you know, as I look at that, you know, the doorway, um, the threshold. You know, what, 
What doors do you see in front of you right now? What? Which ones? What ones? Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.